Hello there, and welcome to episode two of the Sports and Spirituality Show here, sponsored in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network. It is great to have you back for the second installment of SAS right here uh, on the Sports and Spirituality Show. My name is Steve Rao. Our regular co-host has made a return to the microphones of the Sports and Spirituality Show, and she is the Young Life Area Director for the area of Lancaster. She is Kelsey Bull. Welcome back to the Sports and Spirituality Show, Kelsey. Hey, Steve. What's up? Well, lots of different things. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, when people say, what's up, I would say, heaven, are you going? That was kind of a cheesy, <laughs> wow, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really cheesy. Yeah, or or uh, going right to a, an eternal thing. Totally. Yeah, right. It's like really putting people on the spot. Also, right. is heaven actually physically up? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. When you say what's up, do you really mean what is up? Like what is going uh, vertical, moving no. in a, uh, an upward trajectory? I don't. So then, then we could respond with heaven, are you going, whether it the trajectory is up or not. Now, why do you that think... That is the weirdest. I've always heard... I thought you were going to say the sky, because uh-huh. that's what snarky people, yeah, right. sassy people Ooh. usually say. Oh, really? The sky. S- snarky or sassy or both? Both. Okay. I guess I think I qualify for both. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you thought I was going to say sky? I did. You know why we think heaven is up? Why? Well, I think because Elijah, uh, when he was uh, taken up in a whirlwind in a, a fiery chariot, he he went up, right? That's true, right? Jesus and then Jesus ascended, ascended uh-huh. uh, to heaven or into the heavens. Uh, there are, um, this is way too early for any uh, uh, <laughs> theological discussion probably in the show, but um, there are at least three heavens that we know of. Uh, Paul referenced, I was caught up in the third heaven. Um, and uh, so uh, there's the heavens, the skies, right? right? And then there's the heaven where we believe, uh, where we understand that God dwells, um, uh, all of those kind of things. So there, there are, are different definitions of heaven, I suppose. Fascinating. Yeah. But you simply asked me what's up. I did. Yeah. And here <laughs> and, we are. And Two minutes here later. We, here we are talking about some theological position on where is heaven. Yep. Um, well, um, <laughs> thank you for your willingness to come back and even have this uh, heavenly discussion. I'm questioning that yeah, decision. I, I know. I know. And, uh, <laughs> and so am I. Um, uh, no, not not not, not at all. Really. Not really. Not that. even not even a little bit. Um, I thought you did a great job last week, and uh, I look forward to uh, uh, you chatting with us here this week. Now, um, I think after the show last week, uh, you ended up going somewhere. Yes. So my family and I went to Michigan for the last week and a half week. Yeah. We were there um, Thursday to Thursday. My husband's cousin got married in South Haven, Michigan, a small little beach town right on Lake Michigan. I had never been and loved it. It was really fun. Most of the family stayed at this same hotel resort type thing, and they had a welcome party Friday night, and then the wedding and reception were on Saturday. And it was so nice because we were on the main level of the hotel building. And so our back door opened up into this yard, basically, where all of the events were. It was great. Yeah. My uh, toddler, Lucy, she loved spending the weekend with her cousins. My son, Wade, I mean, he's 11 months, so right. he, he's just long for the ride. Uh-huh. But it was great because we could put him to bed 
at kind of his normal bedtime and then just go back out yeah. uh, to the parties. That's great. Now, was yeah. he um, a bit of the center of attention for many people? Uh, predominantly the ladies, but uh, gentlemen like me uh, love hanging with these babies as well. Yeah, he kind of was. Actually, Lucy was more the center of attention. Because she, she demanded it. She does demand it. Yeah. And she's quite sassy. Yeah. She did not leave the dance floor of the wedding reception. <laughs> And she was at several points dancing with people I did not know. Uh-huh. Uh, but they seemed to be enjoying it, so I just you yeah. know, let it continue. Yeah, and they were probably family or friends or at least some right. family connection, right? Yes, it wasn't yes. like they wandered this off the street. A large, it was not a large wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were definitely – I probably knew who most of the people were sure. or who they were friends with or who they were there with. Yeah, you could press pause on the stranger danger there in that situation, right? Yeah, it was it – was Still a pretty intimate setting. Uh-huh. Um, but my, so my cousin-in-law is the groom, Tyler. Okay. And his wife, Erica, is from Michigan. And so it was really fun to see more of her home. And then, so we were there for like, I think four days. And then after those first four days, Josh, the kids and I went an hour north to a city called Grand Haven. Okay. Where we had rented an Airbnb and just kind of made a little family vacation out of it. Again, really fun. It was Wade's first family vacation. It was our first family vacation with two little. Yeah, four. Four people. Yeah, four uh-huh. people. Um, and it is definitely different vacationing with littles. Yep. Lucy was awesome. She was a trooper. I mean, both kids did really well in the car ride. Uh, but Wade definitely had a harder time adjusting as the week went on and so we came home with kids who caught colds oh <laughs> yeah. yay yeah yay there's so. uh there's a lot worse things to catch up in the state up north i uh, you know yes i know it is our biggest rivalry right. did you Ohio take a shower as soon as you got across the state line i did not sometimes called the border <laughs> it's not really a border i always hate that people what? say uh yeah i went across the ohio indiana border uh well it's, it's not a border um, it's a state line. Right. Yeah. Uh, you didn't <laughs> have to show so papers. <laughs> you don't get stopped and frisked or they check your vehicle. That's what they do when you cross the border into Canada or the border into Mexico. That's true. Right? That's true. No, it's not a border. Just yeah. it's a pet peeve of mine. Yep. Yep. Obviously. So, but <laughs> but uh, I, I will make one exception, and that is that state up north. If you come oh, across okay. the border there... You need to. You need to be. Have checking. you ever vacationed up there? I haven't. I've been there a couple of times, but I got out as quick as I could. Oh my gosh, guys! I love Ohio State. You know, some would argue not that much, but I right. would say I love Ohio State. Yeah, right, not a fan, but yeah. Mm-hmm. However, the state of Michigan uh-huh. is gorgeous uh-huh. and highly recommend. It was an incredible family vacation. Yeah, the lakes. Like, the beaches we were at on Lake Michigan are just as great as an ocean beach. Uh-huh. But there are no, like, sharks or squids or what are the the things that sting you? Yeah. Uh, the uh, stingrays. <laughs> no, uh, no, not yeah, stingrays. Jellyfish, jellyfish. Jellyfish, right. Yeah. Um, it was really awesome. So they have stingrays there? No. No. no, no those I don't either. think so. Okay. Oh, you don't know. I mean. They might. I'm going to say no. Okay. But. I just would like to say, highly recommend it. Yeah, do you? I do. Okay. So it's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Uh, could, could you name for me uh, what you believe to be one of the most beautiful actresses uh, that you've seen 
One of the most beautiful yeah. actresses. That's what I said. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Uh, my her. wife actually gets um, uh, mistaken for her on occasion. It's absolutely true. We were on a cruise ship, and the guy says, uh, hey, your wife looks an awful lot like Jennifer Aniston. And uh, I said, thank you. I'm Brad Pitt. Uh, I didn't say <laughs> it. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, Jennifer Aniston. No one Could you imagine you. the beautiful Jennifer Aniston has a festering sore on her right forearm that um, is um, red. Uh, it appears to be burning. It is oozing infection. Can you imagine seeing that sure. and saying, oh, what a beautiful lady? Yes, I can. You can? Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, well, that's what Michigan is. That place, Ann Arbor, is the festering sore, the putrid um, uh, place that that impacts and infects the entire state. And so it's not a pure place to be. You I'm pretty say, sure their hashtag is pure Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's not. Uh, they lied about that. And I will say this, Michigan is a great place to be from, as far from it as you oh can get. Oh, my goodness. I knew there was an yeah, insult. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you knew there was an insult coming. I, I talked to somebody else uh, not too long ago, and they said there's dunes up there. Yeah. And you can rent uh, dune buggies, and uh, it reminds totally. me of Napoleon Dynamite, where <laughs> Grandma went to the dunes. Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's an older, my, yeah, it's, it's an older car classic. Humor. Well, and then you have to watch it at least three times to actually even get it. Um, because the first time I watched that... it, I'm like, really? This is what everybody was talking about. This is it. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then I watched it a second, and third time. Why would I, you watch it a second and third I, and time? And I never after... do. I never watch movies more right. than once. Uh, well, that's not true. I've watched them a lot of times in Forrest Gump, oh, but. Man. Um, I rarely watch movies. That's what I should have okay. said. And uh, yeah, you got to watch this one two or three times. Uh, then maybe you can kind of get the themes. But anyway, uh, the dunes up there in Michigan—they say they're they're super cool. Yeah, we weren't as far north as I think the most popular ones are, which I yeah. believe are called the Sleeping Bear Dunes. Okay. But the we did visit a beach in Grand Haven that had a dune, and it was really yeah. fun. Is there a thing called a Mackinac Bridge or something like that? Yeah. So. And people like run across it, and you know, drive across it or something. Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know about that, but Mackinac Island's at the top of right. the, what I call the mitten. So it's in okay. The, I think it's in the European the Michigan area. mitten. We're not the people who should be talking about <laughs> the state of Michigan. <laughs> no, we're not for a lot of reasons. All I'll say is I visited several of the beach towns between South. South Haven and Grand Haven in our time over the last week, and uh -huh. I loved it and definitely want to go back. Really? Yeah. You want to go back and I really experience go back. that again? Yep. I Preferably have without my children. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're a lot of work. Uh, they're a lot yeah, of work. Parenting is a lot of work. It is. Um, Why do people do this? What, what, what about the weather? The weather was great. Yeah, it was. It was hot. It okay. was really hot. When you say really hot, can you define that And that's me? great to me. Yeah. Uh, mid 80s mid 80s yeah. yeah where it was 90s here further south yes um so uh, a little bit cooler because i've heard that criticism if you will right uh, of uh, of michigan is that well you get up there you get on the water yes. it gets cooler yes uh and uh yet uh, some friends have told me that they've gone like snowmobiling up mm -hmm. there um you know and you, <laughs> and you can obviously get you get a lot more snow up that way and, totally and so forth so and i enjoy that kind of thing uh, but I'd get out as soon as I could. I don't know. You probably know this, but uh, Woody Hayes, you know, he's uh, the uh, 
legendary coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, um, would take his team up there. He would fill up uh, his bus, because they would take a bus up there. He would fill up the bus in Toledo, um, and he would eat in, in Ohio. Uh-huh. He would go up there, play the football game, come back, and he would eat in Ohio and buy gas in o- in Ohio because he never wanted to spend any money in the state of Michigan. I did not know that. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Is that true? Yes. Look it up. You uh- can Google it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's my understanding. He would not spend any money in the state of Michigan. Interesting. No, well, it's great. I just... I don't, guys, it's really close. If you're in central Ohio, uh-huh. it's a really close destination yes. to get away. It's, and it's like beautiful. five or six hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We, I think South Haven was five hours and Grand Haven was six. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, over your uh, right shoulder there is a um, uh, nesting doll of uh, of uh, Woody Hayes. Um, and so Very I'm kind of creepy looking. Uh, well, I'm just and there's a bobblehead of Woody Hayes there as well. I, I'm kind of channeling my inner uh, Woody Hayes at the moment and saying, um, I'm sorry that you had a vacation there and that there was a wedding there, but um, welcome back Thank to you. God's country, the Buckeye <laughs> State, uh, where uh, the good people live. I am glad to be home. Yeah. There is no place like home. There's no place like home. Yeah. I think that was uh, from, a, from a movie. It was. The yeah. Wizard of Oz. Oh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, Dorothy. She clicked her heels or something. Yep. Yeah. In her red shoes. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, <coughs> that's yeah. another uh, a pretty iconic movie as well. It is, Steve. Yeah. What's new with you? Well, um, a couple of different things. Let's hear Obviously, them. this podcast is new, right? It is. Uh, we had an opportunity to uh, record last week and um, launch uh, the Sports and Spirituality Show. So I was super excited about that and had people uh, talking to me about that. And so that was uh, that's really good. Um, and then <clears throat> I, I, I told you about this. I think maybe even uh, got you a copy of a book that I'd written. Uh, started writing in January of 2020, and it was released um, in January 2021 uh, called Hugology, The Study of Hugs. And uh, I wrote the book for a couple of reasons. One, um, I think sometimes people are reluctant to give a hug. They're not really sure. There's a moment or a situation, and they're not really sure. Or somebody you haven't seen in a good while. Like, I don't, do I, do I not? And I'm talking pre-COVID. Uh, right. And even, even mid-COVID uh, or post-COVID, if, which I don't, I'm not sure we're there yet. But yeah. um, any rate, uh, people you know, may be a little reluctant. And so I wrote it to say, let's go ahead and risk it Mm -hmm. because you'll be able to communicate something powerful um, that you actually won't be able to communicate with words uh, through this process. And um, and so that's one reason that I wrote the book. Uh, The second reason that I wrote it is because I wanted other people to tell their hug story. So the book is basically about hugs I've given and hugs I've received and what I thought they were communicating and what I was sensing in that moment and and how it impacted me and how it seemed to impact other people. And so I was telling my stories, right? And I want to challenge other people to tell those stories for a couple of reasons. One, when you tell the story, you get to relive that moment. You get to often have have those emotions again. Uh, You get to experience the joy you had at that time. You get to have that again. And then the second reason is the person you're telling it gets to go on that journey with you. And they're able to enjoy um, the sense or that feeling of specialness that happened uh, because you gave uh, that hug. And so um, I, um, 
I have some illustrations before each chapter, um, and those were put together by one of my cousins, and uh, his name is Noah Egger. He spent some time at the Columbus School of Art and Design. Uh, I, was t- I told him I'm looking for the diary of a wimpy kid look, and man, he nailed it. It was so good. Um, and so really enjoyed that. And another cousin who helped me collate it uh, as well. And uh, so um, I've been excited about that. Uh, there's actually two small groups that I know of uh, that are actually doing it as a Bible study. I put a, a Bible study in the back. My plan was to put a Bible study at the end of each chapter. But I felt like it's not an overtly Christian book. It's a general audience book. So if you didn't care for that or didn't want that or whatever, no problem. Uh, so I put it in the back. So you don't have to mess with that if you don't want to. But if you do, you can. I like that. Smart yeah. move. And so uh, you read chapter one, and then you go to Bible study uh, one uh, that corresponds with that chapter. So that's how you, you uh, that process works. And so uh, that, it's, just, uh, it's been a real blessing. I've given more copies away than I've sold. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I've, I've already accomplished whatever goal uh, I was hoping to accomplish. Uh, in that, and I've had other people tell stories, and uh, I actually started a Facebook page called Hugology, and uh, encouraged people to go there and tell their stories. Uh, could there be a sequel? Maybe. Um, and uh, I've had some experiences even since the writing of the book that have been uh, very powerful as it relates to uh, uh, hugs that I've given and received. And so, uh, so maybe, maybe there's a sequel coming. Mm. But there's um, a couple of other books in uh, the Steve Rao Pipeline. One of those is actually the first book that my wife and I wrote. It's a children's book called I Know an Old Fellow Who Swallowed a Cave. Are you familiar with the folklore poem, I Know an Old Lady Who Swallowed a Fly? I have heard it. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. I know an old lady who swallowed a spider that wiggled and wriggled and tickled inside her. She swallowed the spider to catch the fly, but I don't know why she swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. Are you familiar with that at all? A little bit. And you have young children, so you might get more familiar with it. Right. Well, um, there have been a, uh, over a dozen books that have been birthed out of that. One, I know a cold lady who swallowed some snow. Hmm. Uh, and she swallows a scarf, and she swallows a carrot, and she swallows some coal and some other things, and she burps. And out comes? Fire? A snowman. Oh. Uh, yes, because it, Coal? Uh, I know an uh, uh, old lady who <laughs> swallowed some snow. Coal for the eyes and the buttons. For the snowman. You understand, right? Now I do. Yeah. And you can't get a snowman close to the fire. Um, I know a shy fellow who swallowed a cello, and he swallowed uh, uh, other instruments. And out comes? I don't know. I don't know. An orchestra? I don't, uh, yes. Oh, very, okay. very good. You're paying attention. Very good. Uh, so 50 from... Yeah. 50%. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. I can try one more if you like. But uh, this one you'll get. This is a book that we wrote. I know an old fellow who swallowed a cave. And he also swallowed uh, a hill. He swallowed a big rock. He swallowed some thorns. He swallowed some wood. He swallowed three nails. Are you following me? We're talking about Jesus. We are. Uh, he falls to his knees with loud mournful cries. And the things he swallowed have opened his eyes. And he sees the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so, um, through a series of events that we won't cover here, um, uh, we um, don't have any more copies of the book. And so, we're working on getting it reprinted. And you'll be able to buy that on uh, Amazon. So, right now, if you go to Amazon.com and search Hugology, Uh my book will be the first book that comes up. 
Love it. It'll be the only book that comes up because it's a made-up word. Um, and uh, so it'll be really easy to find that book. So I would encourage you to do that. And if you happen to buy it and read it, if you'll give me a, a like, share, and a review, I'd appreciate that. But um, we're, we're hoping to get this book out um, on Amazon.com as well. So super excited about that. Um, and that we wrote that one quite a few years ago. We actually wrote it together as a family. Uh, it was actually my wife's idea. We were at McDonald's, uh, and we were talking about these books. And she said, I think we could write a Christ-centered book. I said, you do? Well, let's, let's do it. Let's put some ideas down. And literally grabbed napkins and ink pens and started jotting down ideas. I collected all of those napkins, uh, created the script for it, sent it back to the family, and they uh, tweaked it. And uh, so we really wrote it as a family. So the book is actually authored by Stephen Stacy Rao, uh, so my, my first wife. And Your so, first wife. Yeah. It is. And only. Well, yeah, but I'm still, I mean, I've not been married before. Okay. It's the first one I had. Yeah. Yeah. Still, <laughs> she's still my first wife. Oh, it's confusing. Oh, um, so, at any rate, we, we were hoping to get that reprinted. And literally, uh, last week, or this week, we've been working on uh, getting it updated. Had to scan in a, a copy and uh, do all kinds of things to make it happen. But uh, we're getting real close to pulling the trigger on that. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, and then I had an idea for another children's book. Ooh. And, oh, by the way, th mm -hmm. that first book, you've asked me for a copy of. I have. Um, and I want to give it to you. <laughs> but I don't have any. Right. Actually, I've got one sitting on my desk right there. But it's in Amaric. Uh, we had it translated into the Amharic language, which is the language of the Ethiopian people. As you know, we adopted a son from there. And the cool thing about the book, which we did not have any intention of doing when we wrote it, is that it translates well to third world countries because it's talking about hills and rocks and thorns and wood and those kinds of things. Uh, and so that was an extra special gift right there. So we've got a few of those copies. Um, but I could give it to you, but uh, you wouldn't probably be able to read it or understand it. No. Nope. And neither would I. Um, but I uh, happen to know the English version. But uh, we have another kid's book that we want to write. And this is called The Three Little People Pigs. So the concept is uh, the story of the three little pigs. You might notice a theme here, uh -huh. robbing ideas from other books. Right. Um, and uh, where the pigs are people, and, uh, you know, there's the big bad wolf. That's the devil, the, the enemy. Um, and uh, there's a, a scripture, I believe it is in the book of Corinthians, that says uh, we have to be careful what we build into our lives. Wood, hay, stubble, or gold silver and precious stones and so and it said our work is going to be tried by fire to see if it uh, it survives and so that idea that concept um was rolling around in my head many years ago so i wrote uh, a little poem um uh, related to that about this kind of thing as a matter of fact I, my daughters were very young and so we acted it out uh, i was the big bad wolf and they were the three little pigs mm -hmm. uh one was carrying hay one was carrying uh wood and then one was carrying a couple of bricks um and uh, that kind of thing so at any rate that's that's the theme and then i uh i have a friend her name is jess and uh, Jess is actually uh, a one of the clients at uh, Fairfield County Developmental Disabilities, a tremendous artist. And she did an incredible job on these pictures. And so uh, we are also working on that book. Now, that book has never been published, uh, but Lord willing, uh, by the end of this year, you'll be able, I'll be able to give you a copy of that. That sounds so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super stoked about that. So that's what's new. You asked me cool. what was new. That's what's new. 
great. Uh, in the life of Steve Rao. Um, and I am. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, my wife has done a tremendous job of putting it together, collating it. And, uh, yeah, uh, super stoked about that. It's the Sports and Spirituality Show. We should probably talk a little more sports. All right, let's what do, you do say? it. Now, I'm super excited about this week. Are you? Yes. I can tell. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because it is, it's, it's game week for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't know if you know this, but I'm an Ohio State fan. I do know. Yes. Uh, you do now. I No, yeah. I do know. Uh, oh, oh, you do know. I thought you said I do now. Okay. Um, it, yes. Yeah, yeah, you knew that. And you allegedly are a fan, even though that's, right, there's, right. that's not true. And there's another word for it, which we'll get into on another podcast. All right. But um, it's game week. It is. They're playing the Minnesota Golden Gophers in Minnesota on Thursday. And that's September the 2nd. Uh, super stoked about it uh, because that means fall is in the air and great things are happening. Uh, of course, we have a lot of high school football games. This is week two of high school football. And um, uh, on the Fairfield County Sports Network, we actually covered a couple of games last week. We're covering a couple of more this week. Also covering high school volleyball. We've covered a soccer game. We're going to cover a field hockey game. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I had the privilege back in 2018 to interview several Ohio State football players after they won the Big Ten Championship again um, over there in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And um, I specifically sought out players that I had heard or witnessed or read that they had a, a relationship with Jesus. And, and so... Um, I thought maybe I could share a little bit of uh, how they responded when asked about their relationship with Jesus and how they could use that platform to um, show other people Jesus Christ. So maybe um, here at the end of episode two here of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast, uh, we can um, hear uh, from those guys. But let me ask you first, how important is it for you to use whatever platform you're given? Because you are in lots of gyms and ball fields and uh, diamonds. Um, how important is it for you to use your platform uh, to uh, tell others about Christ? I think it's extremely important for me and really for anyone to use the platforms that they've been given to share about Christ. I think in a lot of ways, that is what he asks of us. And that is, um, I think, our our obedience out of what he's done for us. And I, I think that some people use their platforms really well. And I think other people probably miss a lot of opportunities by not using their platform. And I, I think... For me, when I was in high school, I think a lot of high schoolers don't recognize the influence that they really have and that they, um, the impact they can have. And I, I mean that in their family, I mean that in their school, where they work. And I didn't, I remember older people in my life telling me that as a high schooler and not really believing it. And I think that's for a lot of reasons, right? High schoolers are often insecure, um, very like self-centered uh, and it's just harder for them to maybe look past that. And I think for some people that those things can carry on and they can still be obstacles to people using their platform. But really that is us using our platforms, whether they're big or small, whether we see them as big or small is how the kingdom of God advances here on this earth. And so it's really important. Uh, so I'm really excited to hear what these guys have to say about that. Yeah, Jesus, before he left the planet, said, go and uh, 
make, make disciples. disciples. Of, of all, all nations, nations, right? Yep. Uh, he told us to, to, to use the platform that we have that might be uh, a current uh, vernacular um, of what Jesus had to say. Right. Um, and that platform doesn't have to be a sports platform. No. Um, it can be um, at your place of work. I mm-hmm. think your husband's an accountant, isn't he? Uh, or uh, He's in, in finance. finance, finance field. There's a difference between accounting okay. and finance. Don't ask me what it is. Um, I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's obviously very good at it. He's been doing it for years. And mm-hmm. so he can use that platform. Teachers can use their platform. Doctors use their platform. Lawyers, whatever platform you have, um, to your point, God put us there. We've got to use that platform to do what God called us to do. And uh, I, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. He was well-educated, uh, eight languages. He wrote most of the New Testament, uh, planted churches all over the place, uh, three or four missionary journeys. This guy was a rock star when it came to his relationship with Jesus. So when he would have the opportunity to tell somebody you know, about theology or history or uh, whatever, instead, he often led with, let me tell you my story. Right. I'm going to use this platform to tell you what happened to me. Right. Acts chapter 9, he had an encounter with Jesus. He was on the road to Damascus, and a light brighter than the noonday sun came and said, Paul, why are you persecuting my people? It was a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. And uh, he eventually uh, becomes a deep follower of Jesus instead of persecuting the church right. he was promoting the church right. um, and uh, it was a it was a extremely dramatic turnaround well then he had an opportunity he, he got in trouble and had to go <laughs> before the Jewish court and uh, you know of course you're thinking oh he's just going to wow them with his legal knowledge and his biblical knowledge and his theology no he said you know let me tell you what happened to me let me tell you why I am the way and let me tell you why I act the way I do You see, I was on the way to Damascus. I was going to persecute the Christians, and a light brighter than the noonday sun stopped me and said, why are you persecuting my people? And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And then later in his life, uh, he got arrested again. (laughs) Seemed to be a theme here. (laughs) And uh, he was before King Agrippa. It'd be kind of like, you know, the most powerful person in the area uh, at that time. And you're thinking, oh, he's going to have his legal team there, right? And he's going to give him all the reasons why you can't treat me this way and why you're wrong and and, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Fix his theology and how, you know, he's going to burn in hell if he doesn't turn. You know, instead of all of that, he says, I got to tell you what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was on the road to Damascus and a light brighter than the noonday sun uh, shone on me and said, why are you persecuting my people? When he had a platform, which he could have gone lots of different ways, he chose to tell them about an encounter that he had with Jesus. Um, how does that resonate with, with you as it relates to how important that is? Yeah, when I think about Paul, I think that he had a lot of the right credentials at the time, right? He had a lot of the right experiences, a lot of the right uh, background or training, maybe for, you know, to put it in modern day context. Correct. And and he could have rested pridefully on those things, and he didn't. He shared his experience. He shared what he has experienced with Jesus Uh, with other people. And I I really think that ultimately our stories, our own stories, how we experience Jesus is what's powerful. And that is um, 
Sometimes I think it can be overwhelming to think about how do I share Jesus with others? What do I do with the platforms I have? And in simplest terms, I don't know that it has to be that complicated, but it's what you've learned. It's what you've experienced in your faith, in your relationship with Jesus that can be shared on your platform. And I I love Paul. I have so much respect for him. Um, I'm so thankful for him. And really, I, I think his story is so beautiful because he he was persecuting and killing Christians and um it was a very extreme turnaround and I love that that Jesus used him still right he he did a lot of awful things but Jesus did not disqualify him um and that just gives me a lot of hope for all of us yeah, no question about it. I'm telling you, if there was a Christian Hall of Fame, yeah. the Apostle Paul's a first ballot Hall totally. of Famer, right? Uh, he's at the head of the class. Everybody else just move out of the way because uh, yep. here comes Paul, right? right? And because he had all of the credentials, as you say, mm-hmm. instead of using those, he chose to say, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And if you will allow uh, God to connect with you, you can have a similar encounter with him. It's a powerful thing. The guy who could have gone a thousand different ways right. chose to tell his story. And I think it's a, it's a valuable lesson for us. So um, I had the privilege of asking four Ohio State football players about uh, their relationship with Jesus um, and how they use that platform. And uh, so would you like to hear what they had to say? Yeah, I sure would. This is from Indianapolis, Indiana. It's back in 2018. We'll start with the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins Jr. He's now in the NFL. And this is what he had to say when asked about his connection with God the Father. You often will bend down and offer a prayer before you go out to the field. What's that about? Uh, every day I thank God for giving me the opportunity to play, be able to breathe, be able to live, go to school, and um, I'm really blessed. So I just go down on my knees and I thank Him. How challenging was it in your spiritual life to have all of the challenges that you've had thus far? Uh, it wasn't so challenging because I've been showing my faith for a, for a long while, and uh, my parents put a great foundation for me, and I'm thankful for them, and I'm thankful for God helping me out so far. And how do you use this platform as the starting quarterback for Ohio State to encourage others to deepen their faith? Oh, definitely. Uh, this always my opportunity, my platform to just you know help others get closer to God, help other people find out what they need to do in life to get better. And um, this will be inspiration for for everyone out there. Thank you for being willing to stand up for Jesus Christ, and we encourage you uh, continued success on the field and off the field as well. Thank you. So, Kelsey, what sticks out to you about what Dwayne Haskins had to say about his relationship with God? There are probably three things that stand out to me, but the first one is his uh, thankful attitude. I feel like, man, we talk about lessons we've learned from 2020, and I hope one of the biggest ones people are taking away is to be thankful for little things, big things. But I, I really think when we're thankful, it changes our perspective. And I think that having a thankful attitude uh, really will take us um, to a lot of healthier places in life. And I, I think that ingratitude, if that's a word, uh, really hurts us. And ultimately, I mean, if we go back to the beginning of sin, like some people could say that, you know, Adam and Eve sinned out of um, ungratefulness. 
Uh, And then the second thing that stood out to me was he talked about adversity. He talked about challenges. We are promised to have and face challenges in our life. Like that is guaranteed. um, And that's going to come. I don't know, you know, anyone in my 31 years of living uh, that haven't faced that. And you've been living a little bit longer than I have. And (laughs) And I bet you would say the same thing. For sure. It's just guaranteed. Yep. And then. The last thing that I loved what he said is he uses his opportunities to help people uh, get closer to God. And I think, again, it's easy to look at him and see a platform that it feels much bigger than maybe a lot of us have. But really, he's taking my hope is he's taking every opportunity, big and small, to help people get closer to God. Yes. One of the other things that really stuck out to me is he talked about his family. Yep. He said, my family uh, kept me in church. They kept me connected to the faith and uh, a valuable lesson there. You uh, you have a son and a daughter and mm-hmm. uh, you understand how important it is uh, to share Jesus and show Jesus uh, to your children. And uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr. got, uh, they say there's more caught than taught, Absolutely. right? And so his parents were demonstrating something for him and he was able to use uh, that the power of that demonstration to influence his life and then certainly uh, to your point he's got maybe a bigger platform a broader platform a brighter platform a louder platform mm-hmm. than maybe you and I have um, but yet he didn't uh, set his faith to the side uh, he jumped up on that platform with his history and connection with God the Father and uh, that's why uh, we celebrate that as well. Also, that same game, I had the privilege of catching up with one of the defensive players, Brendan White. And uh, it's interesting, Brendan's dad also played football. His name was William White, and he had contracted ALS. And uh, so when you hear Brendan White's response, uh, the backdrop of that is he's dealing with uh, his dad struggling with ALS. So he's, he's got to manage that while managing his football career and managing going to class at The Ohio State University, thinking about what's next for him in his life and all of that. And yet uh, this is how he responds when asked about his faith. I noticed that before the game, you and Dwayne Haskins spend a lot of time praying together. We applaud your willingness to stand for Jesus Christ on this public platform. Why do you and Dwayne uh, spend time praying together? Because we know we won't be here without the Lord, you know. He gives us his ability, and the biggest thing I can do is just be thankful for him. You know, when all eyes are on me, all eyes are on this team, you know, we got to look up to God and say thank you. Because without him, none of this can happen. What does the future hold for Brendan White, especially as it relates to using this platform to point people to Jesus? Try to get better each and every day, and when I get the opportunity to show Jesus someone, I'm going to do it because they deserve to know how good he is, how good he's been to me, how good he's been to this team, and we're a living testimony. You know, we've been through ups and downs, and we've still gotten through it, and now we're Big Ten champions, and it's all because of him. Now, you uh, are a defensive player, of course, Dwayne, an offensive player. Are you sending a message to the rest of the team that offensively and defensively we're going to call out to Jesus? Is there something, a special connection between you and Dwayne Haskins, Jr.? Oh, yeah. You know, we. Uh, when I first got here, he was my closest friend, you know, and he went through some things. I went through some things, and the biggest thing we got was we were there for each other, and we knew the Lord was going to be there for each other, and so when we got the shot to, you know, shine, we... We prayed together, and we uh, gave it all to the Lord, and so we're just thankful. 
What a powerful response from Brendan White with his uh, all the things going on in his life, uh, and yet he's still strong in his faith. What stood out to you about Brendan? Yeah, I think Brendan's uh, several times in his response points to the idea of community, that he wasn't doing it alone. Obviously, he's on a team, but even on that team, it sounds like he really uh, has a bond with Dwayne Haskins Jr., who we heard from, and... Um, I think that it's so important for us in using our platform and in sharing our faith to not do it alone because it is so hard. It can be challenging. And so I really love that they rely on each other. And I also love that he points to the idea that our abilities are all from God. So we have to give him the credit back. We have to give him the thanks for that. Um, And not, I think it's easy to let the light shine on us, but realistically everything is from God, and he, I think, gets that and points to that. No question about it. You know, this idea of community started in Genesis chapter 1, right? God said, (laughs) let us make man in Mm -hmm. our image, in our likeness. Uh, He's using the plural form of the word, right? He's talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, He functioned in community. He made Abraham, uh, or Adam, excuse me, he made all the animals. And then he said, it's not good that man be alone. So apparently, we're supposed to function in community. And when Jesus came to the planet, you know, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, uh, the Messiah, the most powerful person uh, to ever live, or ever will live, um, who could have done everything all by himself, went ahead and gathered 12 guys around mm-hmm. him and impacted and influenced their life and said, I'm leaving, and so you guys are in charge. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you, but you guys got to stay together and be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. We're built for community. Right. Um, and when we try to, no man's an island, man. You try to go out there and do it yourself, you're going to screw it up. Um, and that's no disrespect to you. Um, it is just the way that God created us. So kudos uh, to Dwayne Haskins Jr. and Brendan White for recognizing the fact that they couldn't do it on their own. Uh, the other thing I liked is he said people deserve to know how good God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just really impacted by that. Um, instead of saying, look, uh, you know, I'm going to do my thing, you do your thing, and uh, good luck to you, however you know, it works out for you. He didn't take that approach, like get a special gift and I'm going to keep that to myself and good luck to you. And he said, no, 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 we all deserve, everybody deserves. I, I love that concept uh, that is in the word of God, right? Uh, he so loved the world that whosoever believes in him doesn't have to perish but have eternal life. So it is available to everyone. So I really appreciated him taking that approach. Yeah, I did too. Who's next? Well, I tell you what, there's a guy who's um, in the NFL right now, uh, J.K. Dobbins. He was a tremendous tailback for Ohio State. He now is a tailback for the Baltimore Ravens and is playing very, very well, representing himself and uh, the Ohio State University and his family uh, very, very well. And uh, got a chance to catch up with him uh, in the locker room over there in Indianapolis uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium and ask him about his faith and this is how he responded. J.K. Dobbins, you have faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, how, how did you develop that faith? Well, when I was a little kid, my grandparents, my, my mom, my dad would take me to church. You know, I didn't really know what was going on when I was a little kid, but I grew up in the church. And then as I got older, you know, I lost my father at 15, and that brought me even closer to Christ because I honestly feel like if I did not get closer to Christ, I don't know how I would be living today. So he's helped a lot. And 
So how do you use this platform as an outstanding stud running back for The Ohio State University as a platform to tell others about Jesus? You know, I want to try to relay the message about Jesus to anyone I can, you know. Some people don't listen, some people will, but I'm going to try my best to relay the message. There seems to be other players like Dwayne Haskins Jr., Brendan White, and others who have a deep faith. Do you guys have kind of a brotherhood of faith that uh, that you share? How, how does that work? You know, we all have our little ways of expressing Jesus, you know, God. And so, you know, it's just great to have those guys. You know, we uh, Brendan sent a message of a faith in our message, group message today in my class. So it's just great to have people like that around. And uh, what legacy do you want to leave here? Obviously, you're a great running back. But is there a faith legacy you'd like to leave as well? Yeah, uh, with God, all things are possible, you know, and I'm living, I'm living proof, you know. You guys said I made history today with having back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. No, no one has, has ever done that, so that's God. That's not me. Congratulations on the accomplishment. Thank you for using your platform to tell others about Jesus, to set a great example. And we trust the Lord's blessing on you and your continued walk with him and your work on the field. Thank you. What a wonderful response from J.K. Dobbins. Uh, What jumped out to you there? Yeah, you know, I think both J.K. Dobbins and Dwayne Haskins Jr. alluded to their parents and grandparents going before them. And those people have to use their platform and those people in Dwayne Haskins Jr.'s life and J.K. Dobbins lives to share the gospel with them, to share about Jesus with them. And I think going back to the idea that we have to use our platform, we don't know who's following. We don't know who's listening. We don't know who's watching. So if we don't take the opportunities that we have to share we don't know who could or could not be impacted by that. And I also love that he said, you know, when he does take opportunities and he does use his platform, some listen and some don't. Yep. Because who listens and who doesn't isn't up to us. Correct. That's not in our control. That's not in our power. And I don't think Jesus is putting that responsibility on us. I think what he expects is for us to do what we can. And we can control people's response. I loved what he shared and... Yeah, especially being vulnerable about the death of his dad. I love that that brought him closer to Jesus because in my line of work doing student ministry, I see a lot of major life events, major life tragedies uh, really pull kids away from Jesus. And and I understand that. Sure. I understand why that can happen, but I'm I'm so thankful for J.K. Dobbins that it, that was not the case. Uh, No question about it. Uh, I was certainly impacted by that. If uh, you were to say, oh, my dad died, and so I hate God. I can't believe he let me down. Why didn't he heal my dad? Um, That seems more natural response. Absolutely. And J.K. Dobbins says, no, actually, that's what brought me closer to him. If that hadn't have happened uh, and I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, uh, who knows where I could end up. That's what he said, right? And so, um, wow, what a powerful way. God has made it clear in his word. Uh, he will make beauty from ashes. That's what he does. Uh, the Bible is full of accounts of people who screwed <laughs> lots of things up and made wonderful things 
God made wonderful things out of that Mm -hmm. uh, because they sought forgiveness, they sought connection, they sought relationship, they sought community, and the end result of that was beauty. And so uh, what a powerful testimony from J.K. Dobbins. Another thing that you just said uh, that really struck a chord with me, uh, have you ever heard of a guy named Billy Graham? I sure have. Yeah, okay. Uh, Okay, so, so is everybody, right? There was a guy who led Billy Graham to Jesus. What was his name? I don't know. I don't either. And very, very few people do. But mm-hmm. it's a significant point. Right. There was a guy. Right. Who Steve Rao. And or a woman. It, it was a guy. Oh. Uh, I just don't remember his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember his name. But uh, Kelsey Bowl doesn't know his name. And nope. Steve Rao has heard it before but can't remember it. Um, it this guy's so insignificant, right? I mean, this, who, who's this guy? Nobody cares about him. Yeah, somebody does. Uh, I'll tell you who does. God the Father. And mm-hmm. his son, Jesus Christ, cares about that guy because he led Billy Graham to Jesus And Billy Graham literally led millions of people to Jesus. The point is, I don't know J.K. Dobbins' grandparents. No. I don't know Dwayne Haskins' mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And they're probably not uh, big stars in the athletic world. Mm -hmm. But they're stars in uh, the heavenly realm because they made sure that their loved ones knew about Jesus. So my point here is you don't have to be a Division One star athlete here in our county or here in our state or here in our nation or here in the world uh, to have a significant eternal impact um, because J.K. Dobbins and Dwayne Haskins Jr. both credited their family uh, right. for helping them come to Jesus. So uh, to reiterate something we said earlier, what Whatever your platform is, use that uh, to point people to Jesus Christ. I'd like to end uh, this Sports and Spirituality Show podcast with one more interview. It's a very quick interview with Chris Olave. Chris Olave, uh, a wide receiver for The Ohio State University, and I asked him a similar question to the other three guys, and he gave me an interesting response. Let's listen to what Chris had to say. How do you include Jesus in your life? Uh, Jesus is a big part of my life. I put him uh, first before everything. So I pray before every practice, every game, and uh, I try to bless every every meal of God first. So, so. How do you use the platform as an Ohio State wide receiver to tell others about Christ? Um, I don't really use my platform like that. I just kind of focus on myself, and uh, i got to start doing that more and uh, try to have God impact impact more people. So. How about Chris Olave's response to that question? What stood out to you, Kelsey? I think his humbleness and honesty. Amen. I really commend him for, you know, owning where he's at and recognizing, you know, that he needs to share his testimony and use his platform more frequently. I I really feel like in it's a short response, but I mean, what really strikes me is just his his humility and his honesty. Same. And he could have just given whatever response. Hey, let's get get, get rid of this guy. Right. He was actually, when I asked him the question, he was walking out of the press room. Uh, He didn't have time for this question. Uh, He could have said, um, uh, yeah, I'll just do the best I can and just walk out. You know, Uh, instead, uh, to your point, he stayed humble. He stayed honest. And then uh, he took the next step and said, you know what? I need to think about that, and I need to capitalize on the opportunities I'm given and influence other people. And you know what uh, impacted me about that, Kelsey? What? 
that same thing could be said of all of us, couldn't it? Absolutely. I know. I've missed many opportunities to share the gospel. Uh, I'll go somewhere or be somewhere, and I'm like, why didn't I say something to them? Why didn't I offer to pray for them right there? Why didn't I uh, share a scripture with them? Why didn't I simply offer them a hug? Uh, I, you know, this is pre-COVID. Right. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> why didn't I um, offer some support for that? I missed it. I missed the opportunity. So no disrespect to Chris Alave. We no. all miss these opportunities uh, from time to time in our life. And so the challenge for this podcast is we have been given a platform. Let's not miss the opportunity to use the platform that we've been given, whatever it looks like and wherever it is, to point people to Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, we'll be in eternity a lot longer than we'll be on this planet. And so we've got to prepare people uh, for eternity. So did you get a similar uh, sense of that? Absolutely. I think that, you know, I hope as we have this conversation, I even feel challenged in, are there areas in my life, are there platforms in my life that I've kind of maybe been a little bit too lax in? And I, I really do hope that most days I am choosing to take every opportunity I can to share the gospel, whether that is verbally or even just in a hug, as you said, again, maybe pre-COVID, but giving someone a call, shooting someone a text that we're thinking about them. I think there's a lot of ways this could look and I think that, again, we can get wrapped up in I don't have much influence or my platform's not big enough, but really it is. It is in every individual relationship you have in your life. And my hope is that you will maybe take a few more of those opportunities um, than you have not. No question about it. That is absolutely uh, really what uh, episode two of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast is about. Uh, let's see the opportunity and seize the opportunity. Oh, by the way, we get forgiveness for those missed opportunities mm-hmm. because we serve a God who gets it um, and understands we're not going to be uh, perfect in any way. Um, we're just going to try to learn and grow and not miss the next opportunity uh, that we have. And so that's really um, kind of the theme, I think, uh, of this episode is uh, uh, let's use the platform we've been given. I think, first of all, we have to recognize we have a platform. We do. Um, and then say, well, I don't know. I don't have a platform. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a, a rock star or, a, <laughs> you know, an athlete or, uh, you know, whatever. I, uh, I don't have a platform. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's use that uh, to point people to Jesus. And as um, uh, J.K. Dobbins mentioned, some people will respond and others won't. And as you so aptly put it, that's not our job. Our job is not to determine what they're going to do with it. I, I sometimes refer to it as a responsibility transferer. I have the responsibility to share. Yep. I have the responsibility to use my platform. Mm-hmm. But when I share it, now I've transferred the responsibility to the other person. Right. And uh, they now stand before God, whether they're going to deal with it or not, that's on them. And uh, God will put other people in their lives and draw them to him as well when they use their platform uh, to point people to Jesus. Uh, Any other thoughts before we conclude episode two of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast about using your platform to tell people about Jesus? I don't think I have any more thoughts. 
feel like it was a great conversation today. Yes, I enjoyed uh, our conversation as well. Um, I really appreciate uh, the Ohio State football players, Dwayne Haskins Jr., Brendan White, J.K. Dobbins, and Chris Olave, for being willing to be vulnerable and to share uh, and to continue in the next path of their life to continue to use their platform for Jesus and uh, for um, allowing us to use that conversation here uh, on this podcast. I enjoyed my time with you. Uh, I appreciate your insights, uh, your willingness to share, and your perspective. And maybe we can get together again uh, for episode three. What do you say? I say that sounds great. That's Kelsey Bull, the co-host of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast here. Uh, My name is Steve Brown. Join us next time for Episode 3 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, sponsored in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network.